I V M. With the ever increasing cost of living and rising inflation, have you considered the value of hundred rupees? Shopping, eating out, cab fare, and all those may seem a little tight in just hundred rupees. But there is one place where your hundred rupees can make a huge difference. Paytm money, yes. Here you can start investing in mutual funds with an SIP of as little as rupees hundred. SIP, that's Systematic Investment Plan, helps you to get into the habit of investing in a systematic and disciplined manner. With each SIP, you get one step closer to your financial goals. Whether you are a first-time investor or an experienced one, SIP can be a great way to invest. So why delay in putting that hundred rupees to its best use ever? Download the Paytm Money app today and start investing in mutual funds with as low as rupees hundred today. Ab mutual funds ke liye bhi Paytm karo. On this episode of Paisa Paisa, I speak with Subhu, the CEO and co-founder at Fisdem. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, folks. We're going to talk about how you can make smarter financial decisions by just changing your investment behavior a bit. And of course, we're going to talk about a lot about what Fisdem does and Subhu's own background as a venture capitalist and an entrepreneur. So don't go anywhere. This is a really cool episode of Paisa Paisa coming up next. Welcome to Peak Planet. A new podcast where we delve into the fallouts of the growth path that we and indeed much of the world has chosen. Sustainable growth is the buzzword. Until we nail that down, we need to ensure that we keep our population healthy and also have the resources for our increasingly urban lifestyles. I'm Karthik Ganesan, a researcher at the Council on Energy, Environment, and Water, a Delhi-based policy research institute. Where for almost a decade, we've been trying to explain and change the use, reuse, and misuse of our resources. In the first season of Peak Planet, we take up air pollution. public enemy number 1 and an invisible one at that increasingly the most important risk factor for adverse health outcomes air pollution has become the most unwanted byproduct for aggressively growing economy over four episodes we find out how prepared our systems are to deal with this crisis you can catch the entire first season of peak planet out now on the ivm podcast app or website or wherever you get your podcast from Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anubham Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is the Fisdom special. I have with me Subramanya SV or Subu, the CEO of Fisdom. Now, Fisdom is a digital wealth management platform for retail consumers. It works in a unique partnership model with banks and financial institutions. And on this episode. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Okay, don't think it's just about investments and mutual funds and this and that. It is going to be about that. But you got a lot. You know, there's more, much more to talk about. Stuff like why do loss-making startups have such great valuations? And of course, we're also going to talk about how you can make smarter decisions for your money. So, Boo, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this recording. You're from Bangalore. You have the weather, but you also have the traffic. I'm pretty sure that here in Mumbai. <laughs> at least the traffic is better over here okay so let's just start with your background and i was really fascinated i was on your website fisdom.com and i saw in your profile that you know you're actually a venture capitalist turn entrepreneur okay or a founder so tell us something about it let's let's start from there okay because a lot of people including me always wonder and you're someone who's seen both sides of the story how the heck do these guys who make no money at all have such great valuations welcome to paisa paisa let's start from here Thanks Anvam thanks for having me here um yes i am one of those people who worked as a venture capital investor for many many years in fact most of my career was spent as venture capitalist which is investing in unlisted companies first four years of my vc job was spent in investing in profitable unlisted companies which is as a private equity investor in bangalore in bombay then i moved to bangalore in 2011 started the 
office of my previous firm Al- uh, Besma Venture Partners in Bangalore and we started investing in consumer internet companies and uh, Besmer is globally well known for investing in consumer internet companies and we just started uh, investing in uh, India and we invested um, in many companies you know uh, I had the personal fortune of working very closely with founders at uh, Snapdeal uh, matrimony.com uh, taxi for sure which was sold to Ola and several other companies and Bessemer itself invested in lots of other companies like Big Basket, Swiggy, Urban Club. You're the so, right guy to answer the question, right? Yeah. I mean, so we, we, <laughs> from someone who's a, you know like me who just reads the newspapers and of course has no idea either about entrepreneurship or about VC, what's the deal out here? I mean, how can you, you know, make thousands of crores of loss every year and see your valuation go up? I invest in listed companies. If they show a loss, gaya, stock price is yeah. How does yeah. that work? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think I can rationalize the specific sort of valuation, but I think you know, I, it's it's kind of not fair to rationalize as well. But I think the only philosophical framework we can think of is like when we invest in public markets, we are pricing a stock for one year forward, at best two year forward. Some of the best companies get priced three year forwards. Uh, whereas I think in unlisted companies where companies are out to create categories, there are a few investors who are willing to price seven years forward. Wow! Uh, today, the company might be 1,000 crore losses. Next year, it might be 3,000 crore losses. Uh, third year, it might be 5,000 crore losses. But if you kept, if you keep at it and create a category and create a habit, but by the time the seventh year comes, you might actually have a 5,000 crore profit. Hmm. So people are willing to take a seven-year or in some cases, 10-year bet. Uh, that's saying that, look, I'm willing to pay forward 10 years for a company that is likely to have a leadership position there's an element of risk as well um, when we invest in public markets you know the risk element is mark to market loss whereas when people invest in private markets the risk is complete wipeout mm. the complete money can get get wiped out in return there the the protection is okay fine in case this company works fine this could result in the entire portfolio being entire money being kind of refunded so i keep saying this the job of a venture capital investor is to say no uh, right okay. their, their job is look you meet 1000 companies in a year say no to 990 of them hmm. say yes to 10 of them from investing hmm. and make 3 of those 1000 make you make money for you wow. so it's 3 out of 1000 so you, you need to have a hit rate of less than 1% wow. like 0.03% but you better make sure that when it's a hit, it's like an outstanding hit so that it returns for the entire uh, set of losses. It's um, uh, just like public markets. I think private markets also goes, go through kind of capital cycles. Sure. We've, In my memory, we've had at least three capital cycles in the last 10 years. 2011 was a boom year where anybody and everybody could fund it, get confunded. Like in 2011, I remember there were 41 e-commerce companies that had series A or above funding. 41? 41. That's a big number. That's a big number. Okay. Today, today, um, you know, none of them survive in the truest sense. Uh, Flipkart has now become Walmart and mm. Snapdeal is, uh, is kind of surviving. Mm. So if you ignore those two, remaining 37, 38, whatever the residual number is kind of got evaporated. Either wiped out or merged or sold something or something. Or other, like yes. Wow. And the next cycle, next boom was 2015 when you know, Flipkart went from raising $1 billion to $4 billion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we had 2018, 2019 was also kind of a... Uh, I, th- I think p- private markets also go through cycle just like public markets and uh, you know pricing goes uh, haywire a lot of premium is paid for access to a 
premium company mm. i mean pretty mm. much similar to the way hdfc bank gets priced at crazily higher premium in terms of price to book compared to a tier 2 bank yep. so companies that have a supposedly leadership position in a given sector that has a potential to throw profits in a in a few years time end up getting disproportionately high premium Amazing. Uh, uh and while public market investor <laughs> like you focus on losses yeah. the private investor focuses on leadership position yeah. and what is the growth of this segment that is possible over the next um, few years what is which is why you've seen taxi companies which are still loss making food delivery companies which are still loss making they get uh, essentially you know as i said i wouldn't i cannot rationalize it sure. but all i can say is from their perspective they're playing a 10 year uh, game if you will and taking a high risk maybe <laughs> high one, risk, only yeah. one out of 10 or might be even yeah, less absolutely i mean so I, i'm so if you took if you look at any large global vc firm right 60% of their investments typically return zero Hmm. Yeah, wow. it's only the remaining forty percent of the companies that, that end up generating yeah. returns to compensate even for the sixty percent that didn't generate anything. Amazing! I should have you back on the show for this precise topic, but now <laughs> let's move to the public markets because that's what Fizdim is about. Uh, you know, I so over the last uh, three years when I've done this show, I've had a lot of other platforms also which have come in, ET Money's, uh, Squirrel, Scribbox, lot lot of them. I believe you are among the older guys. 2060 which is why i'm wondering why have you not come here early or maybe that's my uh you know uh, i probably uh, skip that but so t- tell us about fisdom how it's unique how it's different because i saw on your website that you guys do a lot of work with banks and financial institutions so i can make out that this is a very differentiated product just walk us through because you were here from day one i mean you you yeah. were there from the day that fisdom was founded till now entire four years and just Tell us about that, so our listeners have a better idea to appreciate Fisdom better. Yeah. yeah, we started Fisdom to be a digital financial services company in the you know over a five to seven year horizon, which is what the journey has been. So our first version of the product went live in 2016. Uh, you know, the beta went out in 2016 January. Old. I have to ask. Pre-demonetization or post-demonetization? <laughs> pre-demonetization. Pre-demonetization. Okay. And then the public version went sometime in 2016. So uh we have this unique sort of a business model which is why you don't know about us because we build a B2C product but we don't sell B2C we don't uh, we don't advertise or we don't market B2C the primary mode of distribution for us has been through partnerships with existing financial institutions and I'll talk about why etc uh and in the B2C world I think we were one of the first guys Uh, I think when we started there were two companies who were selling mutual funds one is scribbox other is uh, funds india and our own aspiration was never to be only a mutual fund investor you know, platform so it is to be a broad based financial services platform and since then we've added uh, new products like health insurance life insurance gold pension pension fund that nps so we we now at least have five products uh, on the platform so idea was always to be a broad based financial services platform but sure. do it doing it digitally So when we started uh, you know we kind of identified three sort of problems in in the market why people were uh, not investing and this was also pre mutual fund sahi days if you remember Yeah yeah I, I'm just I can't honestly you know I just can't remember 2016 now the thing is that <laughs> everything has become you know supposedly so smooth and what not it's just yeah. 
it will be interesting to get your perspective on this. Mm-hmm. this 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 journey that we made maybe our listeners can figure out how this has happened and why mutual funds today are so easy yeah. such an easy product go on so there were three uh, primary issues kind of we identified from the customer's perspective why are people keeping so much money in bank deposits uh, i think you've covered it in your past episode like yeah. the, the the amount of bank deposits we have is something like 80 uh, 90 lakh crores even today it's a huge number yeah, a huge number yeah. like 1.3 1.4 trillion dollars on Just, a 2 and a half yeah, trillion yeah. dollar economy right uh so we have a large amount of money stuck in bank deposits people put money in ppf uh, you know they don't access capital markets and within capital markets you know mutual funds are the easiest ones they are mm. the simplest because as the experts who are managing your money uh relatively low cost unlike some of the other products like insurance but people don't do it mm. i think we identified kind of three areas why people are doing one is a lack of access second is lack of knowledge and third is lack of trust uh lack of access why the entire kyc process if you go back to 2015 16 was a painful one massively painful you have to take a kyc form fill it you have to get proof proof you have to attach an address proof and yeah. identity proof and yeah. put a photograph stick it sign it give it to a mutual fund house wait for 3 days or some time to get it approved and then you make an investment and then write a check and then wait yeah. for whichever nav could happens or whatever yeah. happens okay so this sure. was painful and in a and if you, this is 2015 16 right by then flipkart and ola are all over the place i mean mm. customer is getting used to a very very superior experience in other forms of consumption so if you can actually buy you know you can get a cab from any given place to your doorstep if you can buy anything on doorstep then why not a mutual fund i'll i'll stretch it even further huh. in 2015 this is something i told one of the regulators whom i had met in 2016 huh. today somebody can buy 5 lakh rupee worth jewelry online Huh. With no paperwork and get it delivered to your home. I didn't know that. But you can't do a five hundred rupee mutual fund investment for that. You have to do a song and dance. Get out! Are you serious about yeah. this? Yeah. Back then. Yeah, you could buy five lakh rupee worth jewelry on wow. stuff place like places like Blue Stone, Carrot Lane, and a bunch of them. And and it, no pan, no nothing, nothing could nothing, be nothing. No, no tedious, uploading X Y Z. Upload nothing. And you sometimes have to believe, man. Yeah, you could. For, but for you to invest a five hundred rupee investment huh. because that was the minimum at that point of now huh. it's hundred rupees. You have to do a KYC, and my own view is the KYC itself is a relic of the British era. If you ask me, look KYC, me ki dikhao tum kahan ho, like who tell me who you are, <laughs> right? Which is uh, pretty weird in a 2020. We are still talking about so lack of access was a big issue. People were like inertia, like it's okay, man, let it be. The second was lack of knowledge uh, because you know there were like thousands of mutual funds. and uh, as i was saying many of these mutual fund names were like movie names <laughs> like customer doesn't doesn't understand what is this right what is this name let's say there's a fund abc <laughs> i don't know the name specific fund <laughs> names reminding me of 2008 ever i exploding india endeavor india this yeah. india that india fantastic i don't blockbuster stuff you're right yeah. you're right go on right. so customers won't understand like what the hell is this why you know what is this fund does what does this fund do uh and people are financially not savvy right by and large so there's a second issue was the lack of sort of knowledge and third mm. was lack of trust mm. you know india has the history of customers getting short changed Showboard, by intermediaries yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, you would yeah. know these stories more than me oh yeah so three things lack of trust lack of knowledge lack of access look what can we do to solve these right that, mm. that's the that's the problem statement for us and that's what we did in the first year of our um, uh launch so we said access is a big issue and a lot of that we've done in 2016 i'm glad to say is now the industry standard in terms of kyc yeah so we were the first one of the, we were the first guys to launch this mobile app where you could do your kyc in a few photo clicks you could take a photograph of your pan card you, uh, at that point on for bank account you had to give a check leave mm. so you have to take a check leave photograph take a selfie uh, and in like 30 seconds uh, uh, up to 2 minutes depending upon how fast you are 
you could complete your KYC and sure. you would have your you can start investing like immediately. Okay. Uh, and then we built a lot of tech tools like to do OCR on your PAN card. How how do you read your PAN card? How do you read your check leave without you having to enter? So we solved the access problem uh, in a fairly efficient sort of a manner. Now, thankfully, that's now accepted. Like you see a lot of digital players and even uh, old economy players now <laughs> using that form yeah. of uh, onboarding. Yeah. So access was kind of solved. The second was uh, lack of knowledge. Now, you do, do, do this KYC. Now you come to conclusion, look, I need to invest 1000 rupees per month. Hmm. Now, where do I invest in? Uh, that that question still is there today. Still exists and yeah, there, yeah. this complexity, right? There is one. There are different types of funds: equity, debt, hybrid. Within equity, there are myriad types yeah, of funds. Within yeah. debt, liquid, short term, ultra short term, credit, GSEC, GSEC yeah. uh, you know, guilt fund, guilt fund. There's just no shortage to the uh, number of types of funds. You're yeah, lost basically. Yeah, so, yeah. so we wanted to build something that says, look, the customer says, I want to invest thousand rupees. Within three clicks, he should be able to know what he should invest in, right? Okay, you want to invest 1,000 rupees. What's your time horizon? What's your kind of surrogate risk profile? Okay, invest in these three companies. Mm, mm, mm. And you click and we integrate to a payment gateway, you are done. done so that yeah. was the lack of knowledge where you don't think too much. We yeah. will do the thinking. Yeah. But if you want to know, there is information available. So this is what we call as a hidden complexity and a guided choice model. Sure. It guides the customer. But if the customer wants to know the gory details of why this fund versus that fund, how is this done versus Sensex, etc. There's hidden complexity. And they can, can choose more. to see them. You can see more. Got but it. if you okay. don't want, you can skip it. So yeah. that's just lack of, uh, com- uh, you know, lack of knowledge part. Sure. The hard part was lack of trust. Okay. If you ask me, that was the hardest part because uh, at the end of the day, FISDOM was FISDOM. Like today, a few people know. Uh, a large number of people didn't know. And that was also a time, if you remember, in 2015, a large number of startups went belly up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, to the, yeah after the yeah, yeah. you know uh, funding freeze that came in 2016 yeah. right so one of the questions people would ask us is uh, look uh, what if wisdom goes down where does yeah. the money go who has the unit so we realized look you know trust is a big deal big thing, yeah. uh, you know when, because we are taking money from customers and not giving and money look like at a, when we are talking about this <laughs> we're talking when the bank has failed and yeah oh so, trust is a big deal yeah. in money you're trust right trust is a big deal in money yeah. and um, uh, some of this trust barrier and trust barrier were at two levels to be honest with you one was at at the, at the product level itself hmm. like mutual fund like what, what is, is it exactly yeah. what is it like um, is this return assured like what kind of returns can I make who is better is it should it be HDFC should it be like there are 45 at that point on there are if you remember 45 AMCs were there hmm. some got merged and all happened now so and each of them will have like at least 10, 15, 20 yeah. schemes, thousands of schemes thousands. Yeah. so so there was a there was a issue at a uh, trusted a product level huh. and okay fine if there is somebody who has done the KYC who has understood which fund to invest in now he comes like what is wisdom where does my money go money goes to you or directly to the mutual fund when I read him where do I money where does my money come how do I read him people had these elementary trust levels this was a so we realized there's a cost of uh, awareness building etc thankfully in 2017 uh, late 17 or early 18 I think the whole mutual fund Sahih campaign started hmm. that took care of the lack of trust at a product level Okay. So that was a huge tailwind. But on our side, we realized, look, trust is a big deal, which is where we sort of started uh, doing the partnership model. Okay. Look, it will take a long time for us to build our own trust. We have to build, burn lots of millions of dollars, which we, uh, coming from a VC background, I fundamentally know that the cost of customer acquisition in India is very, very high. Hmm. People figure out a way to, you know, hide it here <laughs> and there, but it's very, very high. So how can we reduce our cost of acquisition? How can we, re- how can we build trust without spending 
lakhs of dollars so we started working approaching banks and we signed our first partnership with a couple of banks in 2017 mm. uh, lakshmi vilas bank and bank of baroda one is a small private sector lender in down south yeah. and bank of baroda is a large psu and uh, that has worked out extremely well for us tell us how that works here yeah? because i believe yeah. you know so from what it also told me that your you your you focus a lot on tier 2 tier 3 towns i want Correct. to get some learnings from there maybe yeah. some data and some numbers tell yeah. us so these two banks go yeah. on yeah. so i mean now we have now we work with actually nine banks uh, and uh, some more financial institutions like nbfcs etc so the, the portfolio is now close to 16 uh, partners from one partner in 2017 so the way it works is uh, it's a branded partnership there the bank's customers use our products let's say a karnataka bank or a city union bank they don't have a wealth management proposition we are their wealth management partner both physical and digital uh, and uh, we have fisdom apps that are accessible to their customers so the customers don't basically download fisdom app if they don't want to download fisdom app we also have an sdk that integrates with their uh, mobile app or the internet banking so they can access seamlessly from their uh, digital property and the entire ui ux is everything fisdom Uh, and uh, we we whatever revenues we make across products mm. whether it is mutual fund pension fund gold etc we work on a revenue share so whatever money we make we share with the bank so for the bank it becomes a um, sort of a profit center yeah. they didn't have to yeah. invest a lot we've done we bring all of that operations product Got it. marketing support all of Got that it, right yeah. and for the customer um, you know this is a trusted intermediary now the customer could come directly to fisdom or any of the other digital platforms or any of the mutual fund company but one of the biggest insights we got when we started working is in the moment we go to the metros and moment we go to the sec a population like probably people like you and i hmm. uh, the bank plays a significant role in the um, in the way the customers access financial financial advice so if you go to a tier 2 tier 3 town a bank manager is a financial advisor wow okay right? they yeah, yeah, yeah. go and uh, they actually ask him what's a good yeah. product to invest in they ask yeah, i mean yeah. like i i you know if you take my hometown it's a small town called shimoga sure there uh, the branch manager like the king he's respected you won't believe it in a tier three town a branch manager is invited for school events and all for <laughs> no it is a big deal come on deal. he's handling your money and if you're someone who has a lot of bank deposits or a fixed deposit he's the guy who's actually handling your money and from what i hear these guys actually maintain relations with the customers yeah unlike what we out here see that it's purely transaction yeah. go and go out and yeah. some of us don't even see a bank branch honestly we just do it through, through the app whereas i i know for a fact that a lot of you know in a lot of areas of india the bank manager is a big deal yeah right. so he's he's a trusted person who who sits there every day for 3 4 years so the customer feels look if something goes wrong i can go and yeah. talk yeah. to him so he's a trusted uh, sort of an uh, uh, person himself and the bank itself is trusted you know it also has to got to do with the evolution of uh, you know the banking system in india large number of these banks in in private sector still the not the new age ones like mm. karnataka city union mm. they've also come through this whole community angle so there is a oh, yeah, larger, yeah, yeah, larger yeah, yeah. local trust Man, that's that's such a fascinating story right? i should you know again you should probably separate yeah. part about that but it's a story on its own yeah i mean community banking like, like like for example you know karur vashya bank started banking for a particular saraswat bank yeah, saraswat bank yeah, yeah. karnataka bank you know focused on a certain community investment syndicate bank syndicate yeah. bank the biggest stories yeah yeah so as a result the, the trust of over the years is still pretty strong now yes there is a there's a new age customer is not going there like a 22 year old guy who's coming out of the same family is not opening the <laughs> bank account there he doesn't want to go to branch itself right yeah. he's okay. opening a kotak or sbc but uh, uh, but the rest of the family still backs that's one the second one is unlike bombay bangalore 
the wealth uh, if you come across a wealthy guy in uh, tier 2 tier 3 town he's not likely to be in your 20s he's <laughs> likely to be in his 40s ah interesting okay <laughs> right? yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. Uh, there is no 25 year old rich guy in in a tier 3 town <laughs> okay right if there is a rich guy is 45 year old okay and that guy has relationships he has pre existing relationships that with these psu banks uh and um, you know some of the older private sector banks that, that's that's second thing that we realized the third thing is um, uh uh india is also an sme market a trader servicing you know msme is a big deal again with smes and msmes from the perspective of servicing these some of these older banks have done a better job of getting distribution into tier 3 tier 2 towns than hdfc mm-hmm. like if you take mm-hmm. a town like mm-hmm. satna for example in mp you are likely to find lot more obc sbi bob central bank of india branches who are giving these od facilities and stuff like that. it's painful just to yep. be clear i'm yep. not saying yep. they're doing a human service yeah but is, there is one area where these banks have done a phenomenally better job than hdfc codex of the world is getting distribution sure the sure. you know all over the country you know distribution i think they've done a great job last point we realize uh, is uh, at the end of the day in spite of all the upheavals including the yes bank upheaval last mm. week uh, no customer has ever lost money in a bank deposit that is true right that is true yeah okay yeah right. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you may have to wait for your money to come back right but it will come back it's never happened in india so far where a customer has lost money in a scheduled commercial bank period ha, ha, ha. so as a result the general belief is bank is trusted it might and it's up. backed by a long history of not failing yeah. or rather not failing forget it uh, a long history of getting your money back right so as a result the trust levels of these banks are fairly high and we started using that started playing to our advantage got it okay. so today uh the reason why people don't see us is uh 95% of our customers come from through these partnerships hmm. as a result we don't really have to do marketing hmm. uh, because facebook google tv all these are kind of expensive uh, stuff to sort of uh, do marketing got it so in summary we build a b2c product which is which uh, which tries to solve the first two problems which is lack of access and lack of knowledge mm. and now we are trying to extend this to all the other situations whether it is insurance uh, you know insurance and other areas selling is rampant yep. we spoke about it uh, so we sell only life in, only term insurance we don't mm. sell anything else we don't sell you live we don't sell uh, endowment products so we sell basically term insurance which is what the customer sort of should buy sure uh, now we are extending to other products and we distribute through large partnerships and today we have customers from uh, you know nearly 1000 cities uh, you name a town uh, we have customers from 80% of our customers come from outside of the top 10 cities okay uh, our average age of a customer is slightly different from a typical you know digital wealth to player because our customer is not a 25 year old guy he's <laughs> he's more like a 38 40 year old sort of an average sure. uh, he's a rich guy in a tier 3 town um and uh, um and still continues to be i mean 70% continues to be male but okay. that's the nature of the <laughs> fascinating uh, stuff uh, great data subu now we're going to take a break right now on this note and given the kind of products that you offer the insights that you have On the other side of this break, we're going to come back and talk about specific habits, specific you know stuff that can help our listeners make smarter decisions. I know that before the show, we were talking about a lot of uh, issues that still exist. I mean, investment has of course picked up a lot in India, but 
we are still nowhere close to you know an ideal behavior pattern within a lot of people so i want our listeners to get your insights on that folks we will be back with subu from fisdem on the other side of this break where we'll be telling you about actionable specific tips that will help you make smarter financial decisions don't go anywhere we'll be right back Hey everybody, welcome to another week on the IBM Podcast Network. As I mentioned last week, we're going through this COVID-19 outbreak and because of that recording schedules, we're trying to keep them but it's a little uneven at this point in time. Beg your intelligence. While you are stuck at home, I think one thing that might be interesting to do is maybe check out some of the complete series that we've done. The Gulaba Cartel, Woody Woodpecker, Cricketwala Chronicles. These are limited series that are complete. Might be a good time to check out with those. Also want to thank our sponsors this week, HDFC Life and Paytm Money. And with that, let's get you back to your show. And welcome back to this episode with Subu, the CEO at Fisdom. In the first half, we spoke about the story of Fisdom, about venture capitalism, about entrepreneurship, and a lot of other stuff. In this part, now Subu is going to tell us about a lot of, you know, very unique, uh, maybe behavioral patterns, maybe mistakes that we do as. you know as we invest because the sip is now become a very popular product and a lot of us uh, invest in mutual funds through it but here's the thing you know we still tend to make a lot of mistakes there are still these behavioral twerks that we have and subhu's going to walk us through a lot of these uh, you call it you know behavioral things or whatever it is that kind that kind of come in between us making better returns so subhu welcome back on the show let's let's start with expectations okay because uh, from what i know uh, at least i would want that my when i make a portfolio it should at least beat inflation you know let's start from there in terms of goal setting what it is and what it should be yeah absolutely i think a lot of people confuse return expectations to some sort of an absolute number but in reality the objective of any investment instrument uh, should be to perform in relation to a, a certain inflation because if you keep the money in as it is it loses value we all know the effect of inflation so uh if i'm making an investment my expectation is that it should be at inflation but here is the market reality uh we could invest in two types of instruments one set of instrument that guarantee us return a certain return like bank deposit for example or a ppf etc uh the second type of instrument is where there is no guarantee it you know, it could go up and down by and large i think uh, any instrument that guarantees you a certain return post tax generates less than inflation <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, and any instrument that does not guarantee you a return could generate more than uh, you know inflation and those include equities gold uh, real estate etc right and so uh, any customer any investor who is making investment for the long term which i define as kind of 5 years when I, when we speak to our customers is to beat inflation and beat inflation handsomely so the for people to beat inflation they have to invest in what are called as risky assets mm. where you could lose your money mark to market you could even lose your money permanently but there is a certain certain probability that you could make significantly more money and you beat your inflation so you are wealthier 5 years later otherwise you know you could afford more goods and services for the same amount of money that you had 5 years ago so first thing for people to beat inflation in the long run they have to invest in assets that are that are risky by return which is basically equities gold and uh, real estate mm. now gold has its own quirkiness uh, real estate you need to be a i keep saying this you need to be a crorepati before <laughs> you can investment make money in real estate so okay. uh, equities are the uh, most accessible 
uh, asset for for customers at large and within equities there is investing in direct in stocks that has a, that's a specialized sort of an activity but the good thing is there are mutual funds which are um, uh, easy to consume easy to understand now with a, such a large penetration of digital platforms mm. so it's easy to access as well easy to understand mutual funds has democratized so you know uh, mutual funds one good way to sort of uh, invest in the long term and beat inflation of course you still have to get your mutual fund right okay so now i have uh, you know i have a fair idea of how to set my return expectation and now that i i'm i'm probably even signed up to maybe start an sip tell us about some kind of you know again mistakes that we made we might start an sip but what happens over the life of an sip i don't know whether you have any data on uh, i don't know if it's called persistency the average life of an sip i know yeah. from my conversation that people don't tend to continue it for more than 2 to 3 years and one market crash like you know we're having right now and people are out of the sip so tell us about this concept of you know when sip i believe is nothing but rupee cost averaging yeah and how to stay invested and all that stuff yeah i think you know uh, when if you talk to any uh, fund manager they'll uh, any financial services professional they'll quote you some of these statistics like this fund a without going to the names generally has generated 24% kgr in the last 25 years since inception uh unfortunately that's all theoretical because uh the if you go dig deeper and say look since 1995 since this fund started how many people have actually stayed invested for last 25 years that number would be like a handful 20 30 40 types right mm. so i think one of the issues that we find in sip investors is uh, uh persistency/retention uh people don't stay invested they end up uh, doing two things one is um, cancelling when the markets go are like like what happened today markets have corrected uh, 15% in the last uh, few weeks so people say look let me just cancel the sip let me hold back so that i can wait for the sentiments to recover or the market to recover that's one mistake people do and the second common mistake people do is to uh, is to keep changing funds uh they've invested in let's say one large cap fund and uh, they see that the past one year return from another large cap fund is more than the one that they've invested in they said you know what i must be in a wrong fund let's just switch to from one fund to other fund i think that's a second sort of common mistake that people do what we tell is look if you pick a fund and a fund manager stay aligned to that fund manager for as long as possible because then you are also getting the leverage of his own adjustment that he does to the portfolio of course if there is a if the fundamental strategy has gone wrong of course if the fund manager quits and goes you make adjustments but otherwise pick a fund and stay invested as long as possible and don't change fund the second thing is about cancellations or staying out of the market for sips i think that's a biggest mistake one can we can make because let's do the math let's say somebody is doing a 5000 rupee uh, uh, investment the funds have a certain uh, nav right so when the market sensex is at 40000 rupees you get a certain number of units when the market is at 34000 you get more units for the same amount of money you are earning more units of the same then there is no reason to stay out provided you are buying the right asset for the same amount of money you are getting more mm. you should be happy that look okay, fine i'm glad the markets came down because uh, earlier i could buy x units of this fund now i'm getting x plus 30% of this fund so as a result your per unit price goes down significantly people don't get that right? people, when, people don't get that whenever there's an amazon sale they'll be like i'm getting a so and so tv for so and so price and they jump at yeah. that yeah i'll just add last part i would say Please. the third mistake people do is uh, somehow there is a notion that people think they can time the markets mm. i think which is just an impossible thing i don't think uh, i don't think 
even the world's best investors have ever said that they can time the market. So you never, you don't know when the market is going to bottom out. You never know when the market is peak. The best bet that a retail investor who's salaried sort of a person whose day job is to do something else and not investing is to keep investing in the market in a good asset on a consistent basis. So if the market goes up, you buy, you end up getting less units. If the market goes in, you get more units. Correct. So the SIP has this phenomenal thing where it, it has this automatic rupee cost averaging built in. You don't have yeah. to do anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so I think rupee cost averaging is something that a lot of people kind of get confused. They think they can get out at 34 because 34,000 because they think Sensei is going to get to 30 and then they will enter. Yeah. Which is All a fallacy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's, there's just this thrill to timing the markets. And finally, I wanted to, you know, uh, spend some time. Okay. This is a, such a common phrase, but there it is. You know, I'm just putting it out. The power of compounding. Tell us about this power of compounding term, how it works, because I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel, sometimes I meet people who expect power of compounding in the short term. If they probably got in, in uh, you know, at maybe 2015, 2016, when mid-caps, small-caps were ending well, and suddenly by 2017, when the market has, has boomed, they're like, power of compounding, power of compounding. Put this in, persp- in, in perspective for us. Yeah. So, first thing for power of compounding to work, uh, you need to give time. Uh, and when you give adequate time to the investment, you know, it will show the power of uh, the true power of compounding. I'll take a couple of numbers to kind of bring it to light so that people understand. Uh, and I'm going to take sort of reasonable return and reasonable numbers. I'm not going to say market return rate like 15% return, 20% return. Mm. So let's take an example of a of an SIP of 5000 rupees per month uh, of a customer who does for about 10 years. And let's assume over the 10 year period, market generates 10% return. Which I think is fairly reasonable to sort of expect, right? In a in a growing conservative, in fact, right? Say, yeah, of course. Yeah, let's say ten percent. You know, given that we are talking the way that about, we are, yeah, <laughs> we are speaking on a day when the markets are at thirty-four thousand. So yeah. I think um, if you do that for ten years, you are um, at the end of ten years, the corpus for the customer will be around ten lakh rupees. Okay, okay. investment amount is about six lakh rupees. Corpus is about ten lakh rupees. Now that's fine. It's great. Uh, there are two things here. One is your money has grown at ten percent, which is beating inflation. Second, you also saved money that otherwise would have gone into buying things that you don't need. Correct. So, double benefits. Now, let's extend this 10 years to 15 years, right? I've increased the time of, of be, me being invested by about 50%, right? Mm. From 10 to 15. Mm. Now, the amount of money that I have from 9.5 lakhs, the corpus, goes to 21 lakhs. Wow. So, if I increase the time limit by 50%, but my corpus went up by, uh, you know, 100%. Correct. Uh, now, I make it. Uh, 20, 20 years instead of 10 years instead of 15 years I make it 20 years I, yeah. amount is the same I am still investing 5000 rupees I am still getting 10% market return yep. now at the end of 20 years I have 42 lakhs in my corpus wow. that's so, the difference that's the difference so the longer you make the asset generate a certain return the corpus becomes kind of outsized sure. now now obviously somebody might turn around and say look 20 years 20 years is is, is like who knows 20 years mm. But then again, power of the magic of power of compounding works when you give it kind of sufficiently, sufficiently long time. So uh, that goes back to the earlier point that we were making. Uh, stay invested, stay invested for long, uh, and you will see some of this uh, sort of uh, play out. Otherwise, what will happen is this: these will become theoretical statement that Fund A has generated sixteen percent return from two thousand one mm-hmm. to fifteen. How many people made money? Four people made money. <laughs> Okay. Tell me about this long-term, short-term confusion that people have. Uh, when we were talking, you spoke about how people actually go into a short-term product expecting long-term returns and the other way around. Just just yeah. tell me about that. 
I, so retail investors, right? I mean, they typically follow everybody else when the markets peak at forty-two thousand. They come into the equity market, and lot of people open a demat and trading account because their friends have opened, their friends have made money, and they trade and they lose money. Hmm. So and you know, and they buy some stock also. They might even buy do fundamental investing also, but they end up end up losing money. Uh, but when it comes to long-term sort of actual investment. Uh, uh, if you ask people for twenty years, where have you said they're likely to say some uh, some uh, LIC endowment policy wow, or an okay. insurance policy, PPF, ah. uh, five-year lock-in FD? So each of those re- product that I talk about, whether it is FD or an endowment product or a PPF, they are all load return generating assets. Mm. Given that somebody is investing for the long term, he should be taking the risk. What people do, on the contrary, when they they, they feel like taking risk, they take risk for the short term <laughs> instead of staying taking risk for the long yeah. term. Our recommendations to customers exactly the opposite. You know, short term is less than five years. Long term is more than five years. Got it. Less than five years, go for products that give you an assured return. More than five years, go for products that might have a risk. That will have a risk, but has a likelihood of generating more than uh, returns. But behavior tends to be <laughs> the opposite. For example, uh, Section ATC gives you options, right? You could invest in ELSS, you could invest in insurance, you could mm. invest in PPF. Uh, off late in the last one year, ELSS has picked up, but otherwise the default of this ATC money goes into uh, uh, life insurance or PPF, wow, yeah. which is basically long-term money. Logged in low return assets. It's risk free. I get it, but unfortunately, it beats the inflation uh, benchmark. So right. our recommendation, to customers, segregate your portfolios, take risk with your long term portfolio, stay safe with your short term portfolio. Can't get more specific than that, folks. Stay safe in your short term portfolio. Take risk in the long term portfolio. Stay invested with a particular fund, with a particular fund manager. Hope to beat inflation over the long term, but you have to invest also because what happens is that. any investment avenue that gives you a guaranteed return most likely probably is actually not beating inflation whereas the products that actually beat inflation over the longer terms also involve a sort of risk so subu so thanks a lot for this uh, you know for spending time with us how can people reach out to you tell us that the website is fisdom.com yeah website is fisdom.com our twitter handle is uh, fisdom app at fisdom app uh, we have a linkedin page we have a facebook page fisdom so please reach out to us for any queries You could write to us at ask at wisdom dot com a s k ask at uh, the rate wisdom dot com and would be happy to answer any questions that people might have. Fantastic! And that's a wrap on this episode. The investment story special with Wisdom. My guest Subu, CEO and co-founder at Wisdom. Like he said, the app is Wisdom. That's F I S D O M. Folks, I hope that you had a good time listening to this episode and especially look out for correct. those small small mistakes in your investment behavior i know that i have fallen prey to a lot of the mistakes that subu had said that's it up on the show subu thank you so much for joining us thank you so much thanks for having me no material on the show should be considered as financial advice the material on the show is for informational purposes only please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision Hey, this is Shridaditya, and I'm Amit Doshi, and we host Shunya One. It's a really fun podcast where we talk to some of the best entrepreneurs in the country. Yes, talking about everything from their startup challenges to what they're building and all the future of technology, right here. So catch us on the IVM Podcast website app or wherever you listen to your podcast from. 